What's that place you've always wanted to try? Well, you're there. Sharing plates with just one bite. Or on second thought, maybe not sharing. It's that good. When you're with Amex, it's not if it's going to happen, but when. American Express. Don't live life without it. Welcome to Fear It Goes, the podcast all about taking your fears with you and doing it anyway. I'm your host, Randy Taylor. Hello, beautiful souls, and welcome back to Fear It Goes. We are in episode five. Wow, it's already five episodes. I can't believe this. Um, It seems that they just fly by, and I'm ecstatic to have you here listening. Today we are talking about fear goggles. No, did I just say beer goggles? No, I didn't say beer goggles. But there can definitely be comparisons to beer goggles. So I bet you're wondering, what the heck is a fear goggle? Well, trust me, I would have asked the same thing two years ago. (laughs) However, it's been in this journey over these past few years that I've really become quite acquainted with these and quite aware of them. I've worn different shades, different layers of thickness, and even different materials. I've worn them in the most inopportune times and some of the best times. Sometimes they've been my greatest asset, and others, well, they've been my worst detriment. (laughs) See, fear goggles are all about our perceptions, our perspectives. Fear goggles are the lenses we put on an experience and through which we view this world we live in. And based on previous emotionally charged experiences, we now see life through these particular lenses. These lenses can be in our viewpoint, good or bad, but they're always based on what we've experienced in the past. These experiences can be both positively charged, negatively charged. Lenses come in many different shades. So I had something happen recently that really gave me a true understanding of where I've come to over these past few years. So my house was broken too. And my kids and I came home, my boys and I came home on a Sunday at 4 o'clock to discover that the garage door is open. And I'm saying to them, as we're pulling in, wow, I can't believe this. We're so lucky our house didn't get broke into. How did the door get left open? Blah, blah, blah. And we were also in the midst of a very, very cold winter and one of the coldest snaps we'd had throughout the winter. The kids get into the house, and I'm not very happy about the garage door being open, but I can't figure out why the light won't go on. And then I look, and I see that the garage door opener is no longer plugged in. It's been unplugged and it's hanging and I'm thinking that's really odd and then the kids start yelling and they're crying and the house has been broken into mom and I'm like that's not funny and they are not thinking this is funny either and I come up the stairs and our house has been broken into. So there's some things missing and immediate response is panic Everybody moves into panic. And then I'm, I, <laughs> it was kind of like chaos. Um, 
I looked and I went, oh my God, my computer, all the work that I've been doing over these past six months is now gone. But that's when my panic started. That's when I started to panic. As soon as I saw the computer missing and I saw that the hard drives were no longer sitting with the computer, I panicked. And I got upset and the kids were crying and my youngest is very attached to his stuffy. <laughs> his name is Cy. He's a Siberian tiger. <laughs> and he couldn't find Cy. And he was bawling and he says, oh my God, they stole Cy. They stole Cy. No one would steal the stuffy. But to him, this is his most prized possession. I, I, I kind of went, oh my gosh, you guys have to stop. I can't even think. Because now I'm in a combination of their panic and my panic. I'm not thinking rationally at all. So, okay, I'm going to go upstairs. I go upstairs. I check the bedrooms. And I see that there is a whole bunch of stuff missing in my room. But then I see the first saving grace. I have a hard drive sitting upstairs that is the kids' photos and videos from when they were little. So all of those moments we didn't have on cloud, and now I need to put those on cloud, but all those moments were still there, and I literally just started thanking, <laughs> being so grateful, and then everything shifted. As soon as I saw that hard drive, I was like, okay, this is stuff. This is just stuff. And then it dawned on me. I went, wait a minute, hard drives. Oh my gosh. I think that I think I have some of my stuff sitting in, in cloud. And all the normal rational thoughts kind of came back into play because I had gone into panic. But it was also the lens I was looking through. So see, in that moment, I could have been a serious victim. And trust me, that is one of my beautiful roles that likes to come up and play with me. I don't like it. It's not one of my favorite moments when I move into a victim state. And many of us move into that victim state. That is a lens we wear. It's a role we play. And it's based on previous experience. So all of this passes. The kids calm down. We found Cy. It was, it was a glorious moment when we found Cy. The kids calm down. I give them hugs. And I'm like, it's all going to be OK. It's all going to be OK. This is just stuff. And um, their dad came and picked them up. And I was here by myself waiting for the police to show up. And then the forensics team showed up. And it was really quite funny because as I'm sitting there speaking to the police officer about this event, because it is, it's a life event. It's not something I can control. So whatever, it's, it's happening. How do I approach this? What's the lens I put on this in that moment? So I'm speaking to this police officer, and I'm telling him, you know what, it's just stuff. Um, there's only a couple things that really went missing that, that are upsetting. And one of them, obviously, was some of the work that I was doing um, because I hadn't gotten the videos actually into uh, cloud because I was working on editing them. So that was kind of disappointing, but it ended up working out beautifully because the videos I've shot since have been so much better. Saving grace, another one. <laughs> Moments to be grateful. We discussed how bad the house could have been, the, the officer and I. He said, you know, sometimes they come in and they completely trash the house. And I, and I said to him, wow. And you know what? I'm so grateful that the kids weren't here by themselves because that would have been horrible. That would have been a completely different experience. But instead, we had someone come in 
take stuff, and leave. We were really lucky. And then I'm signing off on my lovely statement, and, <laughs> and I get to the bottom, and the officer says, you need to sign here. And I look, and it says victim statement. And I said, can I cross that out? I'm not a victim. I don't want to be a victim. I'm not a victim. This just happened. It's, it is what it is. But I can just sign statement. And he says, no, no, you really can't. You have to sign, and you can't alter this form. He just kind of laughed at me and thought it was funny that this is, this is the way I looked at this event. And every day after, the house didn't feel like, oh, my gosh, I can't go there, or I feel so violated, or, yeah, people broke into my home, and that was shitty. But in the end... It's still my home. It still feels like home. They didn't destroy it. Everybody was safe. And things are things. Two years ago, I wouldn't have thought like that. <laughs> Two years ago, I would have been losing it. I would have been crying. I would have, like, it would have been a completely different experience. I really would have been the victim in that state, in that moment. And I really would have felt like I'd been violated because someone had been through my stuff. And trust me, they went through my stuff in my bedroom pretty thoroughly, and they took some things that you would never expect a thief to steal. But it is what it is, and that's, it's an event. If I'm looking at life as a victim, life is happening to me all the time. And I don't have the opportunity to see all the beauty that could come from that experience. So with a break-in, I can see all the wonderful things that came of it. I shot better video. Um, we got a few new things. Yay. <laughs> but the kids were really happy with the new things. And honestly, we were all okay. Best day ever. <laughs> Nothing bad really happened. In the big scheme of things, things come and go in our lives, and that's okay. It's, this prompts me to actually think, too, about the people that come and go in our lives and the lenses we put on those and the expectations we put on people and how we move forward with the loss of a person in our life. Now, loss and death is different than loss of a person in our life when they leave, exit or when we exit someone's life. Usually we've exited because we're done. We're done in some way, we've, we've kind of played that out, and we're done. But there are moments when we're on the other side of that, when someone is leaving our life, and we're not ready for them to leave. I can look at this very much from a perspective of people are here in our lives to teach us things. We are here in people's lives to teach them things. That's the beauty of relationships and connection. We teach each other. We gift each other. And sometimes in what we perceive as really great ways, and sometimes it's what we perceive in really not-so-great ways. But we are here gifting all the time. And when we feel that that gift isn't enough, or that we're not finished with that gift, how do we let go of it? We see them for the incredible gift they are offering us in that moment. I know this sounds easy, and it's not. <laughs> I'm here to tell you it's not. There are definitely moments when it's hard 
to let someone go and see the gift in the moment. But those gifts are so amazing and we need to be grateful for them and allow people to leave when they're supposed to so that the next experience comes to us. Last year, I was dating somebody. So I am divorced and dating. And last year I was dating someone and it was quite serious and we were long distance. He lived in the US and I lived here and there were lots of complications. And when the relationship ended, I wasn't ready. Well, I was, but I wasn't. <laughs> we always think we're ready. <laughs> I basically gave an ultimatum. I did in a nice way <laughs> because the relationship was just stalled and we needed to do something or end it. And I knew that. And so I said, I understand if you choose not to continue. I understand that this is difficult. And funny thing is, two weeks later, we were, we were done. This was exactly what we needed. But in that moment, it didn't feel like that. I loved him. He loved me. It was tough. It was tough. But then I started looking at this for what it is. If I don't release him, if I don't release the people that are exiting my life, because that has played out, the experience has played out. If I don't release that, I don't open up to anything that should be coming along either because I can't see it. And I don't want that in my life. So it changed everything for me. If you know that you are in a thought pattern, you know that you're going down the rabbit hole, then this is the opportunity for you to shift it. See, there are many moments in a day when you catch yourself, and it's awareness. It's the more we work with this, the better we get at this. But there are many moments in a day when you catch yourself and you're like, okay, I'm totally going down this rabbit hole. So what do we do? We take that opportunity to change the lens. You have every opportunity to change the lens. You're in control of what's going on. So often we think that, you know, our emotions are, are, these, <laughs> are these uncontrollable things, but they're not. Emotions are guides. And if we look at them as the tools they are, we can shift them and change out the tool. So today I'm using this tool, and tomorrow I'm using a different tool in the same experience to get a different experience because our perceptions are what guide our experiences. So life events happen. Hey, my house got broke into. It was a life event. Whoop-de-doo. The thing that matters, how we view it. Did I look at it as a good or bad experience? I see it as a life event. It was something that happened. It wasn't good or bad. It just happened, and I made the best out of it. So how are we looking at our experiences in life? And what lens are you putting on it? I do this with the kids all the time. They want to shoot me. I'm telling you, a 10 and 12-year-old boy does not like to hear their mom ask them, which lens are you wearing right now? Do you think maybe we should switch out to the rosies? <laughs> they just roll their eyes at me. <laughs> but they have agreed very often that this is what they want. They don't want to be looking at life through a lens that's angry, or that's harmful, or that feels really crummy. They want to look at life through a lens that makes them feel better. And they want to see the better things in their experiences. So they're willing to change out those lenses.
and we all should be. And really, it just starts with awareness. So start asking yourself, what lens am I wearing? And where was that drawn from? The more life experiences we have, the more layering happens with similar experiences. So that lens becomes thicker and thicker and thicker, thicker and think. If we're looking through, okay, so you have perfect vision, and you're looking through a lens that has a very thick prescription. How well do you see through that lens? Not so well, right? It's got a very weak prescription. You're probably seeing a lot better through that lens, but really, you have perfect vision. And that is you without all of these lenses that we've taken on through experience and through life. We base all of our perceptions and perspectives on previous experiences. They're created through different influences. And life has a beautiful way of always giving us what we need to move forward and achieve. Said some of these gifts aren't really the easiest to see. And very much like the break-in, or very much like the last story I'll leave you with, how our lives show up for us through these lenses and what we do with them perpetuates or cascades new experiences again in the same way. We're the ones that place the good or bad on any life event or experience. Coming from a place of love instead of thought or judgment or anger or resentment or whatever we are experiencing in that moment or anger or frustration allows us to act differently. So my last story is this. I'm talking to my boys about this. And we're talking about if you act the same way and you come into it with the same lens every time you have an argument and you this yesterday, well, you this yesterday, then you're reliving everything you've already lived. You're never going to get a different experience. So if you really want to see some amazing changes in your life, you need to shift perspective. You need to change out your lens. For us to be extraordinary, we really just have to see things differently. And that concludes this week. Next week, we will have an incredible guest. He is a prominent businessman from my hometown who has had some very big life events that have created some of the most amazing shifts. You are going to want to check out next week's podcast. I promise you that. You know how much I love those five stars and all those beautiful comments. So please leave the five stars below. If you are loving us, leave the five stars and please comment on the podcast. It's the only way I'm going to know if you like what we're doing. I love the five stars and I really love the comments. So please, please leave those. If you have any ideas for upcoming episodes, please go to fearitgoes.com and leave a message at the bottom of the podcast section. We have a lot going on right now, so you actually do want to go over to fearitgoes.com and check us out. Until next week, my beautiful souls, thank you so much for listening, and have an absolutely extraordinary week. <laughs> <laughs>